wonder. Unusually burdened. That is how early December this year could be described. I don't know whether it was that I'd been working a lot or had two weekends in a row of online classes. Or perhaps it was the news of the impending doom of the latest strain of COVID, Omicron. The name it's invokes images of a child's toy transformer figure, though not nearly as playful. From all accounts back then, it looked like we're in for another surge, which was already starting to play out, and many were depressed and fearful of another winter's lockdown. It could be the news of two more people I knew diagnosed with cancer and the return of another friend's cancer. That would do it. Or maybe it was just these oddly warm temperatures in New England leaving green grasses where there should, by now, have been fluffy white blankets of sparkling snow. Instead, there's this visible tip of the hat to climate change. On the other hand, perhaps it was the early dark nights and grayness of the winter skies, knowing that bitter cold would soon be upon us. It's confusing, really, whether to be relieved, wary, or terrified. Even the festivals of various holiday traditions of light and potentials for joy seemed, in the face of all this, to be deadened. At times, it felt like simply a lot of work with little reserves from which to fund the celebrations. No matter the vantage point, for many, it just all felt harsh, foreboding, and suffocating. But then... In the midst of feeling the weight of all that came the news that there was to be the yearly meteorological event of the Geminid meteor showers, blessing us with 50 to 150 meteors per hour visible to the naked eye. At last, here was the prospect of something a bit magical and light, literally. Of course, the more realistic forecasters had to mention that here in the Northeast U.S., 70% of this time of year were clouded in, so we likely wouldn't see them. Ha, another attempt at emotional deflation. But being far too desperate to be dissuaded by a numerical weather probability, I decided to go out on the night when they would be at the beginning of their peak, knowing it quite likely the true viewing opportunity would be at 3 to 4 a.m. the following morning. Still, the dog needed a walk, and it wasn't so brutally cold, so we set out for some exercise with possible stellar sightings. In the rural lake community where I live, with sparse, randomly spaced streetlights, it is so dark that not wearing a reflective vest at night is nothing short of gambling with one's mortality. There is, however, scant chance that the infrequent vehicles won't have their lights on to glimpse to my reflective clothing since they would barely see the road without their headlamps. So though it's a bit thrillingly dangerous to walk on these lake roads, it was a reasonable risk, which the little white dog tugging me along at the end of her leash was happy to take. This relative absence of civilization's lights also makes for exceedingly good conditions for stargazing, if the clouds gave us a chance. Initially, my mind was still in the tasks of the day and tomorrow's to-do list, but as the chill of the night finally gave way to the briskness of our walk and my warming muscles, I remembered at last to look up. Expecting little, peering past the fog of my frost-exhaled breaths, 
The vision that unfolded took that breath away, replacing it with a sharp gasp of surprise. There were no New England clouds. In the skies above, the not yet frozen lake twinkled a heavenly panorama of the most spectacular of winter's jewels. It seemed every constellation, known and unknown, had clamored for top billing framed in the skies above, and preening shimmered doubly magnificent in their lake mirror. No meteors were evident, but in that moment, it hardly mattered. Here was the cosmos, driving all, out all now insignificant burdens by the sheer amazement of wonder. At the end of our walk, I went back out to simply stargaze to be undistracted by my sweet dog's pullings and snifflings. It was just me and the galaxies. At the darkest part of my own street, I saw three showering meteors, shooting star-like beings, sprinkling the sky over my neighbor's house like rarefied fairy dust. So magical. It wiped clean the grime that had filled my brain, weighed my heart, and clogged my vision. Kid-like, I downloaded assistance via an app for more methodically determining which constellations I was viewing and where I could more reliably see the meteor showers that originated in the constellation Gemini. So enthralling was this. Come morning at 4 a.m., I've set my alarm and I'm out here in my front yard stargazing. Wrapped in a cozy fleece blanket, I'm sitting on a metal folding chair as I peer upward. This spares me lying on the frozen grounds as the cosmonaut authors recommended, yet protects my protesting neck. Out here, despite the cold and earliness of the hour, the minutes blur. Beneath the still cloudless sky, I'm again breathless. Tears run rivulets down my cheeks. It's not just from eyes watering in the frosty air, but from the magnificence, the awe of it all. I feel simultaneously my insignificance, a speck really, in the immensity of the universe, and yet at one with the web of all life. Grandmother Moon is lower in the sky now, and my star brothers and sisters are singing their light songs to each other and with me. Beyond the promised meteor shower, this expanse of sky is always above us, a generosity that's present whether we see it or not. The sacredness of this nightly miracle envelops me in a profound peace as I feel at one with all. As if for my personal entertainment, I feel the call to a patch of sky between Orion and Cancer, where a flash of light and then another almost announce themselves in a tinkling voice, we are the Geminids you seek. Minutes go by and then there are others, some in Gemini in the west, others spreading to the east. Some are swift, and some so languid as to almost seem like airplanes drifting across the sky. I'd read that they appear at slow speeds at times, or I'd never imagined that they could dance so nonchalantly. Yet there they are, pirouetting at various tempos across their infinite stage, 
It's amazing to witness this in my earthling time, though I know their actual dance occurred hundreds or thousands of years before this moment. Time stretches and collapses. In the course of an hour, I am entranced by at least 13 sightings in this vastness. I feel the stirrings of a new day as the sky begins to lighten and the next celestial player, Father Son, prepares for his entrance. As I gather up my wraps and chair to go inside and prepare for my work day, I know I will never be the same. A thousand healings and teachings echo in my blood. I know I will feel and share their radiance with all who will listen as I go about the rest of the week. Indeed, this will inform the rest of my time, time here on this planet. Nature has once again reminded me of her presence around and within me. She has swept out the daily sorrows and worries, the cobwebs and burdens that have dogged me and pained so many of my fellow humans. She reminds that all is impermanent, yet all in right order, even when it appears otherwise. In the ecstasy of awe, the spaciousness of wonder, there is a filling of the parched and empty places. Forgetting the existence of these tangible, templed times and spaces, we can get lost in life's challenges. This is the divine, the cherished places available to all of us. It's in the mosses beneath trees, the scampering of woodland creatures who make their homes in all kinds of weather. It's in the bird song that's even there in winter months and in the dirt that supports our weight and feeds our hungers. Not limited to humans, the beings that surround us speak of their wisdoms if we can but pause to listen. Even in the darkest nights of the soul, the inky rich velvet of the night sky unfolds her wrap to envelop us and show us her secrets. And sometimes there appear quietly sparkling but significant blessings, the lights of our ancestors, the stars. Their stardust is outside, but also quite literally in the very minerals of our bodies within us. And to partake in the kindness of their twinkling conversations, the expanse of the universe of which we are a part, we have only to hold our heads high and look. <laughs>